Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Support a healthy gut with the Metamucil range now starting from 1979 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, everyone. Izzy Kempe, the whānau up in Auckland, Tamaki Makoto. We're here. It's Wednesday, 19th of October, and we're ready to rip in halfway through the week. Well, Kempe's going to give us a wee weather update shortly, but I'll get in first. I'll get in first, Kempe. <laughs> Jim Hickey's Kempe, in the house. <laughs> uh, Izzy Hickey is predicting a beautiful day down here in Otetahi Christchurch. There's a little bit of low-lying crowd. Uh, cloud at the moment, but it'll burn off, and we're going to have an absolutely cracker day down here, I am predicting, and you know what, I'm not heading out to the golf course, because who wants to play that horrible game, I'm going to relax, and I'm going to do some handy jobs around the household, I'm going to hire a digger, down the road, we've got a new Kennard tyre down the road lads, I'm going to head on down, go get me a digger, and I'm going to start clearing some dirt, because you know what, it's a new me today. Handy as they come. How are you, boys? Yeah. And Aroha, more to you. <laughs> oh, good, mate. That was 
That was a good start to the day, yeah. I can't, I can't wait to hear some uh, Country Clueless <laughs> and the Digger stories coming up because there's probably going to be a few. Mate, nice, up there, nice weather up here. I thought I'd take the weather thing in the, into my own hands and put on a singlet this morning and change the universe. Must be 30 degrees, Kippy. Yeah, it's about three at the moment outside. <laughs> Louis all rugged up. Um, mate, a bit of action down here this morning. Cops flying around everywhere, helicopters. Woke Louis up last night. There's a bit of... Uh, yeah, a bit of action going on up here in Tamaki Makoto this morning. Apparently, um, I'm just watching the news up here. It's all over the place, actually. People people are just, geez, Halloween, Halloween's come really with, uh, with, <laughs> with the crime wave. Um, but it's a bit, bit scary. Just uh, be careful out there, people. What's going, what's going on around the country at the moment? Lots going on. So uh, take that extra step back and deep breath and... Uh, Take the whole universe in and make sure that you're looking after you and all of your whānau. Because I know that's what you're doing this week, Izzy. That's why there's no golf today. Your whānau's no. back, you're looking after them, and you're getting out there, oh. digging those trenches, keeping that moat nice and flowing. Mate, <laughs> 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 you're dead right. The whānau is back. Look, it's all well and said. You know, you get excited when the family goes away and be building up to you like, wow, I'm going to sleep in, I'm going to relax, I'm just going to. The house is going to be quiet, but as soon as they leave, you just get a bit of a, oh, I just wish they were back. <laughs> I wish they just brought a little bit of noise and a bit of energy every day. And um, they, they, they come home yesterday, and it was awesome to see the kids and the wife, and uh, just touch base, and yeah, back to reality today. Arlo's back to school, so do the school drop-off till he's off to daycare, and uh Start ripping into the new school term. We're coming up to the end of the year, lads. End of the year. It's been flying. And this is the time of year where things just get a little bit spicy. But dead right, Kempi, it's, uh, oh, she's tough out there at the moment. Just a lot of crime going on. Crime sprees, ram raids and all of above. It's um, crazy. I think seem to hear a ram raid every single day. It must be the new thing. The new mm. way, just smash and grab. Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. So look after yourselves and uh, yeah, enjoy. Well, uh, good show today, lad. Good, good show today, actually. We're going to talk uh, some league after 7 o'clock. We're going to cross over to the UK and talk league with Drew Derbyshire. He is the daily editor of Love Rugby League as we head each closer to the Tonga PNG game. So we'll talk some league shortly. Silver Ferns, uh, they're taking on Australia tonight in Melbourne. And uh, the Silver Ferns holding a 2-0 lead in the Constellation Cup Series as they cross the ditch. Storm Purvis is all things netball, and she will join the show around 7.40ish. Obviously, some new inclusions there. Maddie Gordon and Kimura Point coming in, and taking over from Peta Toyava, who was flying in that series. So, well, they've got their opportunity to impress Nolene Total. And then after eight, how good is this? We got... Bazza, the coach, McCullum, he's going to come. He's back in the country, so we thought it would be perfect to get a wee update of what's going on in coach's life. He's playing a lot of golf. He's just been over in Fiji. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure he's having a wee dabble on the punt too. So we'll talk all things sport and racing with Baz. And then we're going to finish the show with a real hearty community story. We'll chat to snooker player Tom Adams from the far north. Great story. Uh, we love t- um, tapping into the community. Feel good stories, and he is one of those. So, big show. Double eight, double three on the Q.
Kenar Tire, uh, Temper Post Text Machine, Kenar Tire Phone Line 0800 150811. Yes, team. Louis Herman, what in the beautiful salmon? Is it salmon or pink? Little BGP hoodie. How good. When are we going to get one of those, mate? Some kit. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. sort of get out with some kit, mate. Don't worry. We'll cup, big cup week coming soon. So it's Ooh. well and truly spring racing. Um, Geelong Cup today, Group 2 racing, Group 3 racing in Australia. We've got racing at Tauranga. So it just starts to really... Ooh. Really crank from here. The uh, Cox Plate draw was yesterday, boys, and I reckon everyone nearly got their perfect draws. So Zaki got barrier one, and they're going to roll him forward, and he's going to have the lead, and Animo is going to be stalking him from barrier four, and J-Mac will just be waiting, 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 and then they'll try to roll him and get him on the line. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's very, 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 very exciting. And, um, yeah, so, yeah. No, well, that's the cup that you both wanted to win, isn't it? Like, if you had an opportunity, this is this is your week. This is why you're a racing fan, isn't it? Cox Plate. The boys get up. Mooney Valley, come on. Yeah, man. That's, mate, the, the draw, Louis right with the draw. And the, mate, I don't know if you've been watching the uh, news, but in this, this morning in the studio, I've just been watching what's been coming out of Australia as far as the weather. And... Mate, there is so much rain Give over there. Give us an there. update, Jim. There's so much rain over there, and I think it's going to hang around. I think it's going to hang around for the Cox Plate. So just a little tip. Have a look at some of the wet trackers, because there's a few good wet trackers in there. I like one of them. I like one of them. I think it's drawn well, and if they get the rain and the amount of runs on that track, I actually think an inside draw is not that good. I think the outside draw is a little bit better. So, Mr. Brightside's drawn 11, I think it was. I think they'll end up in the middle of the track on the Cox Plate, and it could suit the wet tracker. Just a little bit like Just Ask Me. So, that's my pick for the Cox Plate, if the rain comes. For someone that wears a singlet, you love the rain, eh? You absolutely <laughs> love the wet weather, and you just absolutely love it. I don't mind the rain. I still love playing in the rain too, mate. When it rained, with when the footy game come on, I still love the rain. Used to just you know love the way that it. I don't know when it came down. Loved used to sort of makes people go a little bit nutty, doesn't it? In the rain when you're playing. I remember being a kid, running around, sliding in the grass and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I know. I know. Springtime is meant to be firm tracks and going as fast as you can, but it's a great leveler. A little bit of rain on a racetrack is a great leveller. Um, I know Animo's a hot, hot favourite and, and it's going to be hard to roll, but if you get a bit of rain and who knows where that run's going to end up, but could fall for a number of horses. So I don't think it's as clear cut if that rain comes. And looking at what Aussie's yeah, thought- coping with today, mate, they're in, they're in big trouble in Australia at the moment. Mm. Everyone's putting, putting up... Um, you know, um, blockades around the ru- amount of rain or the banks breaking. So it's there's plenty of it coming through Australia. Plenty of it. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy to the think. Weather patterns, the weather patterns are really crazy at the moment. I'm, yeah, this, this La Nina weather pattern that they reckon is going to hang around next year as well. Man, I, look, I haven't seen such a wet wet um, start to spring. I don't know about you guys, but every time you're, you're sort of opening up your windows, there's rain coming, you know. Mm. It's been, been around for a while. Yeah, it's starting to 
starting to change in the, the old weather patterns. And it's crazy to think what's happening in Australia. Like the place that's, you know, you tend to use always go over there. It's hot, stinking hot. Now they're just dealing with more rain days than they are sunshine. So, yep, it's crazy. And the Mooney Valley, Louis, obviously you chucked that little clip on from Labro, oh, from, from that little clip on so last night. And, uh, mate, it was uh, crazy, the, the track, eh? Like, you, it gave me a little bit of goosebumps. But the track, Mooney Valley, obviously that big bend at the end and then into a home straight to get the job done, it was a great little build-up for the, for the big race. Yeah, there's that, there's that great quote from Shane Dye, um, well, if you're not wide, well, there's nowhere to hide at the valley uh, or something along the lines of that. Mm. And because the straight's only 200 metres, well, the straight's really, as they said, it's 800 metres, it's just got a bend in it, <laughs> and yeah. you, you got to slingshot yourself there. It's why you want to, like the valley, especially for if, if races are run with certain pace, you want it, You would like to be on the speed most of the time. You don't really want to be coming from too far off them. Um, even if there is rain, they kind of pick their own path because the horse that's in front gets to take the, pretty much gets to make its own path. So you kind of need to be somewhere near the speed, especially if you're a horse like Zaki who's got a got a real high cruising speed and can just roll and yeah. break their backs and and really break their spirits. And um, if they do come to the middle of the track, every every horse that is drawn well will still get their chance. The the weather is a bit of an issue though because I guess the only other thing and, and I was talking to Smithy about this yesterday is that they have the Manicato Stakes the night before so they have the Carnival so there's actually nearly twenty races yeah. on the track in twenty four hours so if it's raining Friday night which does look like it's gonna be it's actually nice weather today and tomorrow but then Friday Saturday for and then for a long time it's a deluge but if it gets really badly munted Friday night. It can be quite hard for the track to repair itself in time for the Saturday. So it is, Kempi said, it is a real leveller, but I, I can't wait. And then back here we've got the Sartan and the Soliloquy at uh, Tarapa, which are two of the better three-year-old races, and we get a real good line on the 1,000 guineas and 2,000 guineas form after this weekend, and then it's all eyes towards Cup Week in Christchurch. And I know the yeah. harness the harness crew are fired up because there's a horse called Rock and Roll Do coming out of Australia that's favourite to win it, favourite with a self-assured, mm. our guy. So it's been a while since we've had that kind of trans-Tasman rivalry in the harness racing back at New Zealand Cup Day, um, but this year it's going to be absolutely popping off and lots of Australians are making the trip over. So that's pretty exciting. Big couple of weeks coming up, boys. Big couple of weeks in the racing world. But just listen to Aroha's news. It's crazy what's going on over in the UK, lads, with the the rugby. Then teams, you've got uh, the Wish Warriors, obviously going into in administration. You've got now the latest team, the London Wasps, mm. a team that has won the competition, that has conquered Europe, and and they're dealing with this $2 million unpaid um, tax bill and 35 million dollar pound loan that they haven't been able to repay 167 staff gone skis Mitchell you got Brad Shields mate it is horrible and as I think the question is is this a start of what we've seen is this could this have been avoided obviously teams have been able to avoid it but with the COVID situation no crowds uh, businesses struggling inflation the way the economy's gone it is tough out there so is this the start of what's happening and we're going to see more?
coming out of this situation, or is this just poor management from administrators? Mm. Uh, look, I think I think I'll be careful. Did a, that off the back fence last week around those private equity deals and the Silver Lake mm. deal here in New Zealand is pretty similar to to what happened up there with the European League and and Wasp getting that big injection of money and over overspending, obviously, and mm. and getting stuck with a few. Uh, unsavoury bills that they can't pay, it, and you're right. It's not about the one, is he? It's about what what other organisation in in Europe at the moment mm. is struggling financially. And yeah. if you're talking about, you know, again, we talked about taking up sixty, what is it, sixty three players to the northern hemisphere, selling out Twickenham and picking up all this money to bring home. What part do the for me that do the English rugby play in this? You know, because you're, to- you're talking about history, you're talking about wasps folding potential potentially, and yeah. what happens with that brand. So, um, oh look, I think I think there's more water to go under the bridge. Apparently, there's another team yeah. that's in in liquidation administration at the moment. Um, how many more are to follow? That's the scary yeah. part. How many how many players up there are wandering? Am I am I going to be paid tomorrow? I've, I was actually a part of one of those clubs up in up in the UK in rugby league, Wakefield. They folded um, when I had them and ended my career up there. Um, but it's not nice knowing that you're walking in, and yeah. especially when you've got a bunch a team sitting there that you're expecting to for them to go out there and perform, and they don't know whether or not they're going to be paid the following week. So you know, pretty scary. Pretty scary. Losing 160 players, difficult. Mm. That is huge. That it's, is huge. And great point you pointed out there, Kempi, with the RFU, because you've got to think the RFU and the clubs are separate. You've got private owners and you've got the RFU, and there's no alignment there, so it's hard to get anything done. And now these clubs will be crying out to the RFU, and the RFU, man, they've got a ton of money. They own Twickenham. That's where they get a lot of their cash from. They can get a lot of injection there. So this is going to be an interesting watch. The RFU have already, I've read a little bit about it. They are listening and they are trying to understand it. And they're probably going to have to come to the rescue because that is their most successful club, one of them anyway, over in England. And it's not a great look. But um, there's been no no alignment. So it'll be interesting to see if they do come together and, and uh, start sorting some things out. Yep, there's massive, massive moves in the professional sporting world and, and the, what the horizon looks like over the next wee while with broadcast deals. And I saw Charles Barclay yesterday he signed a deal for more than $200 million for 10 years as a side. Oh, yeah? So there's just <laughs> to be a broadcaster. What's that for? Broadcaster? Just, just, to, just to be on the, wow. the TNT team. When I, hear, when I hear things like that, doesn't it put the treaty settlements into perspective? You know, Charles Barclay signs two hundred million. We're signing a hundred million dollar treaty settlements. Go figure. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say about that. To be honest, uh, yeah, United States is crazy. Twenty minutes past six o'clock. Can't wait. Question of the day. I remember the when the Tom Brady deal came out, and I thought that was. Well, that it was insane. And then Charles, it's sick, isn't it? It's, it's sick. <laughs> it is sickening. It is sickening. And yeah, it's hard to line up, Kempi, isn't it? It's, the context is insane. 200 uh, million US. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a big boy kind of stuff, isn't it? Hey, guys, can I completely change the topic? Like, I, we've started with some pretty serious things today. And I don't want to take the sting out of it. Um, nah, I love it. Yeah. I had this last night. Okay, right. <laughs> okay, okay. Because last night. 
Well, we've got congratulations and are in order, right? Congratulations are in order to New World Tarapa in Hamilton and Zaroa Meets in Auckland because they've been announced as co-winners of the Supreme Award at the 2022 Great New Zealand Sausage Competition. Yes. <laughs> the judges could not split the pork sausage from Tarapa and the Zaroa Meats, how's this, Oraki Salami, instead crowning them joint winners of the Supreme Awards. Uh, these sal- oh, this salami, Wagyu and venison, and it was special. The taste sensation as soon as they tasted it. And then the good old-fashioned pork sausage from Tarapa, and they just changed the recipe as well. So um, Portia Davis and the team were so excited to win that. The question, it just came straight to me straight away when I saw this this morning. What's your favourite sausage? What is the best sausage on the market? <laughs> Come on. 22 minutes past six. Sausage Awards last night. Shout out to the winners the, and anyone that not got, had a sausage nominated. But what's the best sausage? Is it your pork and fennel? I'll tell you what. New Yorker porker, keep it simple. Just howlers. It just Why are you laughing, Gimpy? <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah, I just he's talking yes. about sausages. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty two minutes past six o'clock. It's can't wait question of the day. Is it you had sausages last night? We'll get you we'll get yeah. we'll let, we'll find out what sausage you had what sort of sausage you had last night after this. <laughs> Here with QS Warehouse. Great savings every day. Right, 28 minutes past 6 o'clock. Um, it was the 25th year that the Great New Zealand Sausage Competition was running and after lockdown prevented butchers for putting their sausages forward last year, it was a massive turnout this time going around. Izzy, what sort of meat did you get into last night? Oh, mate, you can't go past and you can't go far from a bit of a Vini saucy. Tell ya, Vini saucy, Daisy's dad, Gets the, the best sausages made up in Gizzy at the London Street Butchery. So shout out to them. Joe from Gizzy will know what I'm talking about, mate. They do some good sausages. So venison, and then you can add a little bit of lamb if you've got any lamb or, you know, any anything running around uh, the farm there. Chuck that in there and uh, have some nice tasting. So last night we had la- uh, venison sausages, and then a couple of them were venison spice sausages. So Ooh. they were really good. Bit of spice added to them. Yeah, you can't go far from, from Vinny. Yeah. You, Kempe? Come on, Kempe. No, I'm just a curry sausage man. That's me. Like a bit of spice. Just any sort of but sausage. What flavour? Anything my mum makes. Old school. Yeah? Curry sausages. Um, uh, and my brother-in-law makes yeah, a really... what sausage? My brother-in-law, Murray. <laughs> like a lamb, <laughs> okay, Are you getting the memo here? Kempe. <laughs> No, Stay curry, in it, curry only, mate. Curry only. <laughs> like chopped. They'll like diced up. Diced up. Diced up in the oh. small pieces. I'm... Yeah, curried. That's it. The old lady. I was just, I was just saying, <laughs> my brother-in-law Murray makes a really nice curry sausage.
<laughs> Come on, fellas, hold Kippy. it together. There's some Kippy. beautiful ones Kippy. in here. You hold it together, Kippy. <laughs> You're the one losing the floor, Kippy. Here we go. Here Who we come up with this question? Ah, Kippy. 50 going on five. Love it if you laugh in the obviously correlation of a sausage. That is from Charlie. Morena lads, best sausage has to be wild pork and power. Ooh, Cheers from yum. Richie. Wild pork and power. Naughty. Ooh. Man, that'll be so good. Vinny sausages, venison all day. Plenty, plenty good saucy. But, boys, honestly, how good is it? Before you walk into a Bunnings and there's yes. a little sausage sizzle outside, <laughs> you're like, oh, how good would that be? A Bunnings sausage would have to be right up oh. there. Can you enter a Bunnings sausage in the Great New Zealand Sausage Awards? Oh, so hey, Richie good. comes up with a good one here. I don't know if you've ever stopped, is he? On your way down to... to um, to Tainui Country, Waikato, in Hamilton, if you stop at Pocono, there's that little bacon joint there, and they do, they do, mate, they do really good bacon and sausages. Um, and Richie says, pork and bacon, sausage, sausages have come a long way in the last 25-odd years, a bit like p- pies have improved. It's such a good point, Ken B. Do you know what? It's almost the same. The amount of stuff you can get into a sausage now, like the different flavours you can put through it, and... I'm actually Shannon's going back home to Carpeti for the week, so I'm on. I'm probably just going to barbecue every single night because that's what you blokes do when oh, you're the just best time cook, year, cooking for yourself. So, in Auckland, I know the Westmere Butchery has unreal sausages. Where's your local sausage joint? I'm going to go pick up some. Oh, oh, give me some nominations. Let's get them going through. Twenty nine away from seven. Keep them coming through. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you want to advocate for your sausage, here's Auto Health News for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. Six and a half away from seven o'clock. Uh, we'll get back to the text machine in just a second. Double eight, double three. Talking about the best snags, your favourite sort of sangers. Uh, the sausage awards were last night, and it was a tie. We had a salami, a Vinny salami, tied with just a good old fashioned pork sanger from the Tarapa New World. What is your favourite sort of do? Um, Bunnings. Huh? Speaking of Bunnings trade. Helping businesses our trade. A bunning sausage goes right up there. Just a couple of headlines. Yeah, it's the third Constellation Cup game this evening. And as Izzy pointed out right at the start of the show, Peter Toyava is not going to be there. She might have been the form player so far two legs through. How's this? The Silver Ferns have never, well, have only ever once before won the first two games of the Constellation Cup. And they've never retained the Constellation Cup. So they've never had it won and then taken it again the year after. So tonight, they could wrap it all up over in Melbourne. We're waiting for Papua New Guinea and Tonga to kick off this morning in the Rugby League World Cup at about 10 minutes past 7. And of course, well, the Plunkett Shield is underway. And if anybody hasn't seen it yet, Google and get online right now and have a look for Willow Donald's catch yesterday in the Otago Auckland game he's in a slip and he's run around behind to like a leg slip then taken a diving one hand catch as it's been paddled away one of the best catches you'll see this summer on the first day of summer is he it was crazy 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 catch you predicting that going down the leg side obviously 
preempting it, and he's jumped down the short side. Who was it off? It was, who was batting? Will Summerville, was it? Uh, Will Summerville was bowling. It was Dale Phillips bowling. batting. Dale Phillips, And yeah. it was Will O'Donnell who took the catch. Oh, crazy. One of the crazy, crazy, crazy highlights, mate. Love it. Love it. A couple of saucy chats coming through on the text machine. Morena lads in Aroha can't beat a good sausage. I'm a big fan of the Beard Sausage Range. Can't split the venison, pork, and crescent beef and blue cheese. Oh, 10 out of 10. Blue cheese, beef. Oh, look, honestly, honestly, this, some people will be like me, might be spitting out, you know, and just going, what are you on about? But how good is a sizzler? Like, how good is a sizzler? Those little bricky sausages with cheese in them. They, they're probably half plastic, but they are so good. <laughs> they're so good for a bricky. Chuck a little sizzler in there, some hash browns, a couple of poached eggs and toast, and oh, <sighs> so good. There are so many hey, good man, sausages. Mandy Peter Tim's. Mandy would be cooking that up now for you, wouldn't she? No, Daisy's ah, back. No, no, Daisy's back. So it's back to reality now. <laughs> <laughs> back to reality. I had a good for a week there, Kempi, and my breakfast were outstanding, but I'm back to reality. Mandy did last night put on the dinner, though, so she made devil sausages, put them in the slow cooker, beautiful little juices together with some potatoes and carrots and everything. Had that on mash, and it was so good last night. So devil sausages last night. Oh, so the... you got me all up and about. Yeah. How good's a cold sausage? Oh, sausage from sandwich. the fridge. Sammy, bit of sauce, bit of mustard. Oh, boys, I'm hungry. Genuinely, cold <laughs> sausage just sliced up, put in a in a sandwich with just a bit of butter and tomato sauce. Oh, yes, boy. And you were talking about sizzlers and being a little bit like, uh, you know, it's almost like, oh, you're, you're too scared to admit it, like you like the scissors. Well, I'll tell you what, there's almost nothing better than just Cheerios with tomato sauce, right? Mm. Just those, those little party snacks. Yeah, they're good. When you, they're real good. When you're sitting over your kids' shoulders again, you gonna eat that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want, you don't want that one, eh? Hey, Ella, you don't want that one, eh? And I'm just gonna go. Oh, so good. Inhale it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The best were from the Mad Butch himself, Sir Peter, and the sausages he fed us going into the car or to play nine aside. Scorps versus Jason Larry and the Sean Hope Northcote Tigers. Good feed post. Good feed game. Two, it's probably a secret recipe, boys, yeah. Um, there's always a, a good sausage at your local rugby club. The Bunnings sausage is the cheapest you can buy. Yuck. It's free. That's it. Costa. 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 Yeah, they're usually raising money for someone to go to some sporting event or or something like that, you know. Come on. They're not, two they're not, they're not free. That's right. You're supporting sport, Costa. Come on. Yeah, mate. Come on, Costa. And Peter Timms. Peter Tim's from Tim uh, and Crosshead. Great butcher. Great butchery. And they do the best breakfast sausages, mate. These little ones, you go in there, buy them. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> there's a, um, there's a, there's a, you, you, you would have been up to the Westmere butchery. Oh, 100%. The duck sausages the I've got are, up there, those. They're mad league boys, too. You walk in there and you, I go in and get my pork bones. Yeah, right. You know, so um, you go in there, mate. They go, yep, here you go, and Tony. Yep, we've got some good ones here for you. And the fire them out. I've been, I actually haven't been up there for a while. At Christmas time, <laughs> there's a line outside the butchery. It's insane. You're pretty much insane with the Remuera one. Like, you have to book. Yeah, crazy.
Yeah, they they do good trade those places, and so they should. Um, Laird's sizzlers are called sizzlers because they don't have enough meat to be called a sausage. Mike, <laughs> hey Mike, but how good's a hungover sizzler, eh? When you're a little bit dusty, you're like oh, you just want to cook it up really quick. Bit of cheese out the end. Oh, how good! Yeah, they're good for they're good for party sausages, eh, mate? <laughs> <laughs> bloody yeah, that cheese and that sausage, you know. Oh. Kimpy. Leave them alone, mate. Leave the sausages alone. Just keep the meat in them. Well, big shout out to Mark Zabern from Zoroa Meats and as well Portia Davis of the New World in Tarapa because they shared the Supreme Award last night at the 2022 Great New Zealand Sausage Competition for the pork sausage and the O-Raki salami, which was venison and wagyu. And it's, I tell you, yes, is he? How good's a sausage roll? Oh, yeah. I love sausage rolls. I actually had, Sorry. A, I actually had a Moroccan lamb sausage roll from a bakery oh. in Sydney in the weekend. Like, it was oh. like, it was almost like, you know, um, what's that, what's that dish where you've got, it's kind of on the stick. It's like that Greek, it's like meat on the... Co- Cofters, is it? A koft? Am I not a shish kebab? Yeah, kind of, kind of like that. A and kebab it was, on a stick. It was like that meat in a sausage roll, like a Moroccan lamb. Oh, it was unreal. So yes, Izzy, I'm, I'm with you. Anyway, oh. let's get it together. Quizzy Dags coming up after this. I don't have a sausage Ooh. sizzle for a prize, but I do have a fifty dollars TAB bonus bet for the winner. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Come through, take on the quizmaster, and before you answer, you have to nominate your favourite type of sausage as well. New rule today. Yep. Nineteen away from seven. Back soon. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dag. Come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy Dag. Come play it. Quiz is on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it, this is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. Oh, 800. 150 811. Now give us a call. Oh, yeah, let's go. Rip into a Wednesday, yo. Come on, Richie from Upper Hut. Tell me what your favorite sausage is, yeah. <laughs> oh, it has to be what Louis said first up the New Yorker Porker. The New Yorker Porker. Ooh, that sounds. Bloody delicious. All right, Richie. Good luck for the quiz today, brother. Here we go. Question number one. Which Gallagher Premiership to rugby team was recently put into administration leading to 117, 67 people being made redundant? Um, what? Yeah. What's going to happen to Brad Shields? Come home? Oh, he might come back to Hurricanes. Yeah, might come back. I'm picturing that as well, my friend. Anyway, question number two. Two countries will be hosting the 2024 T20 World Cup. Give us one of them. It's 2024, so men's a woman. Sorry? Is that men's a woman? Men's. I'll go Sri Lanka. 
And um, just a, a little clarification on this question. There are more than two countries. But kind of two jurisdictions will be hosting yep. the 2024 World Cup. Here we go. Sorry, Richie. Have a good day, my brother. Brenton from Auckland. Morning, Brenton. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. What's your favourite singer? Saucy. Oh, always a lamb and mint one, mate. It's nicely fresh lamb and mint. Can't go past a lamb and mint. Two countries will be hosting 2024 T20 World Cup. Give us one of them. It's West Indies is one of them. Yeah, West Indies. Yep. <clears throat> well done. Question number three. Name three of the four Boston Major League teams. Of the American Big Four sports. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, find a friend. Boston. Oh, that's Boston Celtics. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, your NFL, NBA, NFL, NBA. Yeah, the Boston, Boston Bruins. Bruins yeah. Boston. Yeah. Celtics just some baseball thing. Baseball. Boston, uh, can I have a clue on that one? Uh, yeah, pull them up, son. Oh, no, oh, no. It's the Boston Red Sox, I think. Boston Red Sox. Well done. And what's the other one? Oh, NFL. NFL team. Uh, oh, Pat. I think this early in the morning. Pa- Patriots. Oh, New uh, England uh, Patriots. Uh, I don't know. Question number four. Question number four. Name the two leagues that constitute Major League Baseball. So the NBL. No, we don't. What is it? Five. Four. NBL. Three. Uh, I don't know. Two. NBL and... One. WNBL, I don't know. <laughs> ah, sorry, Brother Brenton. Have a good day. Mark from Tauranga. Morena to you. Morning, boys. You got me stuck as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got any any clues on that one, Kimpy? Uh, yep, Captain Chris Luxton. Yeah, no. yeah. Nationals, the National League, and the Western League. I don't know. No, idea. I don't <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, Mark from Tauranga. Have a good day, Luke from Dunedin. Morning, boys. Morning, morning. Sir, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for asking. All good. Name the two leagues that constitute Major League Baseball. Captain Luxton. National and American. Yes, American yeah, and International. Yeah. Well done. Here we go. Which Kiwi legends train two-time Cox Plate winning great Sunline? McKees. Hey? The McKees. Happy, yeah, Lukey. <clears throat> Lukey from Dunedin coming through, getting the job done. He'll be back to school, won't you? Back to school. Too right. Got to look after these little oh. kids. Do you feed them? What do you feed Beautiful. them? Wheat backs. No sausages. Not sizzlers for breakfast. No. Oh, double <laughs> cheese sizzler and white bread would be gold. 
<laughs> How good is it? See, you know. You know, Lukey. I know. Good old oh, Sizzler goes down great. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> uh, very, very, very good, Luke. Very sharp. Cheers, Luke. Yes, yes it's, it was in. It was um, Sticko McKee and his late great father, Trevor. So they had some champions throughout the years. And, and Stix is on this Saturday with the grill, Clado and me. And, what a good bloke. Yep, Steve McKee. So... Cox Plate, hey, having him there for Cox Plate Day is going to be awesome. Is so you think a Kiwi horse? Uh, no, so you think it was trained by Bart nah. Cummins, I'm pretty sure. Oh, sweet. Sweet as. I'm pretty so sure. So Sunline won two. Sunline won two. Who else is a good Kiwi horse that won a couple? I don't, I couldn't work out off the top of my head how many, if yeah. we've had two-time winners. There's a few, winners. eh? Um, Winks won four. Uh, Kingston won three. Three. Yeah, pretty Sunline hard to two. win. I mean, the battles between Northerly mm. and, and um, Sunline, iconic. Can't wait to hear all the stories this weekend, Saturday from 1pm with Stephen McKee, about how you got a horse to win two cox plates and then running those ding-dong battles as well, just missing a couple of times. Amazing, amazing story, Kiwi success story. Six and a half away from seven. We will be back to wrap the hour up with your texts after this. Right, we're coming up to 7am. Costa says, boys, cheese cranks, gear all day over a double cheese, not much meat, sizzler cheese. <laughs> all right, thanks, Costa. And then there's a text here, and I will not accept this. Izzy's drooling over sausage. Betty love a vegetarian one. No, I will not tolerate a vegetarian sausage, Izzy. I will not tolerate it. It's not, no, no chance. Come on. No chance you get me in a vegetarian sausage. Yeah, yeah you like them, Kempi? Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my young girl's a vegetarian no. and she has vegetarian sausages. And, uh, what do they taste like? Sub- they're nice, mate. They are really nice. Bit of tea sauce? Yep, just like you said the other day about chicken. You know, when you're talking about chicken, how you get yeah, vegetarian yeah. chicken? The same, mate. Yeah. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't really know the difference. Oh. Let yourself go. It's boys. probably in the head, Let eh? yourself go, It's boys. probably in the head. It's, it's probably right. in the head, isn't it, Kempi? It is. It's probably in my head. It's like, yeah, sausage, yeah, meat, meat. What? Vegetarian? Oh, <laughs> Oh, wow, okay. Okay, nice. Oh, man, I'm the worst, though. I chuck a heap of tea, tea sauce on it, eh? So you probably don't even taste the flavours that are in it. <laughs> so, yeah, tea sauce drowns it in my sanger with a bit of mustard. How good. Anyway, Drew Derbyshire coming up. He's going to talk thing. All things league, Tonga, PNG soon. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, shaping and building New Zealand. Close and soothe the throat with Vicks Vapor Drops 24 pack. Now only $3.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, 
Good morning, Wednesday, 19th of October, 7am. Tony Kemp, Izzy Dag, Louis Herman Watt, you got Joe Neeps in the back room, Aroha, keeping us updated what's going on in the world. And well, we're bringing you some sh- sports, some chat about food, sausages, a few messages coming through, text machine. Double eight, double three, temper bedpost, text machine. Love me a Chinese honey from Hellas. Oh, I haven't tasted that one. I haven't tasted that one. Ooh, okay, okay. And then any wasp be good pickup for the Warriors. Can be it regarding the wasp players. Uh, obviously, uh, gone into administration. A few players. The 167 staff gone. Skis crazy, crazy, crazy. But I'm gonna go to Joe. Who is, um, you know, Joe in the back room, he loves a little sausage. Well, what's your favourite sausage go-to there, Joe? I love a chorizo. I love a spicy sausage. A Ooh. nice pork chorizo, a little fennel. Mm. Yeah, okay, okay. From any special place you get it from? <laughs> nah, just from Countdown. Just your local supermarket? Just yeah, local nice. supermarket, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, hey, that must be a treat. He, does American yeah. hot yeah. dog count as a sausage? Oh, well, that's a bit like this, isn't it? What's in it? Yeah, well, no one knows, but heaps of onion, <laughs> mustard, and tea, a big bread I roll. Love tea a, sauce and a big I bread roll. I love a hot dog. <laughs> Made American I love hot dog. a hot dog. Fritz's Wiener. Oh. A Fritz's Wiener at oh. Mount Smart is honestly like, you know how they say, what's your last meal? Oh, take yeah. me to Mount Smart and give me a Fritz's Wiener. <laughs> yeah. That's old Dale Budge, mate. Onions? Dale Budge used to do that all the time. That's the first oh. thing he'd do, go and get one of those Fritz's wieners every time he showed up to do the commentary. Of course, Budgie did. <laughs> hey, Budgie. Onions or no onions? Mate, onions I don't, I don't no know, onions. but extra. He'd, he'd walk, extra. He'd walk yeah, into the commentary onions. box and be dripping down his chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nothing worse. Hey, I've done that working for Sky. I'll go get a quick feed and I'm in my suit and then I come back, mate, and there's a big blob of mustard right on my white shirt and I'm like, Oh, no. And they're like, no, what are you going to do? I'm like, just button it up, button it up. And then I button it up. I look, I'm the only one with the button up uh, suit. And let's be honest, after that sausage, the old button's a bit tight. Anyway, let's talk some league, lads. Let's talk some league. We're going to throw it over to you, Kempi, to introduce our new next guest. Yeah, that's right, boys. We're six games into the best tournament in the world, showcasing the greatest game of all, Rugby League. And this morning, we'll get our first look at the great Tongan side at this World Cup when they face Papua New Guinea. The big guns have so far held their nerve, including a 60-6 hiding dished out by England in the opening game against Samoa to send a warning shot across the comp. Drew Derbyshire is deputy editor of Love Rugby League and he's all over the action and he's on the line from that great town St. Helens, the current Super League champs. Good morning, Drew. How are you? I'm very well, I'm very well. It's, it's a little bit chillier over in England than, uh, than I assume it is over in New Zealand, but uh, we're doing well and, and we're enjoying the World Cup. Yeah, mate. Uh, spent yeah. plenty of plenty of, day, plenty of days at St. Helens, mate. mate. You must be really happy that the World Cup finally got kicked off up there. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're so happy to, to have the World Cup. Uh, we're at, we're literally in St Helens right now. We're in, we're in the car park. I've, I've come into my car to to chat to you guys, um, just so I can get in a, in a little bit of a quiet space. But all the Tongan atmosphere was going on outside the ground. Fumi Fumi Momo was actually leading the the Tongan uh, fans outside yeah, the ground. Good. And, and 
and the Tongans were, were bringing the good vibes. It was so, so good. And it was, and, and this is the kind of stuff that we love in, in England. We, we love seeing the, the culture side of things rather than just the, the game. Like We're obsessed with the, the culture and the, the fans when they come over. A couple of Papua New Guineans uh, were outside the ground as well and, and they were loving it. And so, so we're embracing all things World Cup and, and all nations as well. Oh, mate, i got good memories from 2011 when the Tongans, they are the best fans, driving down the road in their big people movers, they got the flags out the side, they're all standing on the, the traffic lights, it is, they are the best supporters, they are the best supporters. What about the Brit supporters? Is everyone getting behind it over there in the UK? You've got, obviously, a lot of the cultures coming out, but are the Brits really embracing it? Oh, definitely. The, the the Brits are loving it. Uh, I think there was there were over forty five thousand in in Newcastle to witness England sixty points to six win yeah. over Samoa. Uh, and, and to be fair, as a, as an English journal, I don't I don't think many people were actually expecting England to to win. Never mind come out uh, on top by that many points. Uh, and I think that sparked a fire in the the bellies of the the Brit supporters. Um, they, they play France in Bolton on Saturday, and that's a seller as possible. Uh, the, the, the Brits are embracing it, and, and there's a lot, lot of fans here in St. Helens tonight, and, and their team's not even playing, so it's, it's good to see. And, and rugby league seems to be thriving in England at the minute. That's awesome, Drew. Hey, you've got the two results at the moment, and a couple of send offs. You've got Dooley, who's going to miss this uh, game against Ireland, uh, which is a probably big one in their, in, in their group. You know, Luke Carey playing really well for Ireland, so it'll be a matchup with Mitchell Moses. Milford getting a week, too, but they're only playing. Greece and Samoa should go through there. What, where do you see these key matchups coming from, and has anyone surprised you? Uh, in terms of anyone surprising me, I thought Greece went really well against against France last night. To be honest, I, th- I thought I, w- I was kind of expecting France to, to put a sixty seventy point scoreline on on Greece because France have got uh, a lot of Super League players in in Catalans and Toulouse. But uh, I, I've, to be fair, I was I was pretty impressed with with New Zealand the other week. They, they, they actually played Leeds in a World Cup warm up game and they won seventy four nil. And uh, and Leeds with the Super League grand finalists just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I know they they just uh, managed to, to comfortably beat uh, Lebanon uh, the other night in Warrington. Um, but uh, I'm I'm expecting big things from the Kiwis. I actually believe New Zealand can go on and, and win the tournament if I'm honest. Um, but Australia standing in the way. Uh, I think it's those two who will be gunning for glory. Can England uh, get the hands on on the World Cup after so so many years? Uh, the last time they, they won the World Cup was actually classed as, as Great Britain, so it's going to be interesting. Um, Ireland have actually uh, surprised me. They, they've named a strong squad. They've got a couple of NRL boys in their side. Uh, Harry Rushton, who was playing for the Canberra Raiders earlier this year, he, he moved back home to to England to, to sign for Huddersfield. He stood up really well for Ireland the other night, and and I think Ireland could be the dark horses. Um, I know, I know you boys watch it from a, a Southern Hemisphere uh, perspective, so you'll be watching the likes of Tonga and Samoa and New Zealand. But uh, I think I think Ireland can stand up well. What about Italy? Obviously, Italy got job done over Scotland, and Scotland we know their rugby, um, you know, quality that comes out of Scott. Was that a big surprise for you? And who has really stood out? An individual that has really stood out. We know we've got one in our team. The New Zealand uh, fullback goes all right, Joey Manu. But is there anyone else that's really stood out in your eyes, Drew? Uh, yeah, I, I was quite impressed with Italy the, the other night in, in their win over 
over uh, Scotland. I was kind of expecting Scotland to win because they're, they're full of Super League players, um, but obviously yeah. the, the Italians have got quite a couple of uh, New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup players. Um, but Jake Mason obviously scored the, the hat-trick on the wing and he's playing in the, in the lower grades over in Australia. And it's the first time I've actually seen him play live um, and, it, and he impressed me uh, quite a lot. So I think there's, there's quite a, a good couple of players coming through. Do you know who were playing in the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup who were, who were proving themselves on the world stage? And, and I think those kind of players could earn Super League deals and, and get full-time deals over in England, which which should be good to see next year. Yeah, and you only have to play one game, um, I've found out, to, to pick up a, a an English contract. So all those players at a World Cup, I bet you all the... All the Super League clubs are looking at them. This game, mate, that you're at tonight, Tonga Papua New Guinea, it's obviously the biggest uh, pool game because you've got the Cook Islands that look like they've assembled a really good side together too. How do you see the game playing out tonight? What do you like about both the Tongan side and the Papua New Guinean side? Yeah, I think I, I, I always love watching Papua New Guinea play because they play with so much passion, don't they? Uh, and you can certainly see that. The, the players, in terms of quality, they, they might not be the NRL superstars that are in the other teams, but they play as a collective and they play as a team uh, and, and they always stand up to the test. They, they enjoyed a, a big win over, over Fiji in the, the mid-season international and a lot of people, uh, including myself, were probably expecting Fiji to come out on top. The Kummels... Uh, came into the game and uh, a superstar showing from Lachlan Lam who, who, who I've managed to see quite a lot of this year at, at Lee Centurions. Uh, he's had a fine year in the championship with, with Lee. He's helped uh, the Centurions gain promotion to Super League under his dad and head coach now, uh, Adrian Lam. Uh, so Lachlan Lam is definitely a player, player to watch and he plays alongside Cal Label in the halves for the Cummels. Alex Johnston's one to watch, isn't he, for, for Papua New Guinea. Uh, he's, he's proved himself in the NRL for, for a number of years now. But a player that I'm going to going to select for, for the Cummels is Edwin Ipape. Uh, Edwin Ipape came over to Lee under the stewardship of uh, Adrian Lamb earlier this season. He's enjoyed a phenomenal year. He's won all three trophies available to him with the, the Lee Centurions. He's helped Lee gain promotion to Super League from the Championship and was actually named the Championship's Player of the Year in 2022. So watch out for him because I, I think he's going to have a big, big tournament. Beautiful, beautiful predictions there from Drew. Appreciate it, mate. Justin Ollum as well in the centres for Papua New Guinea. He has been devastating for the storm. So it'll be interesting to see if he can carry that form on. Hey, yeah, quickly, mate, just, just, just your summation. Oh, oh, no, you go, you go. Uh, so, sorry, I was just going to give a shout out to, to Tui Lola here in the Tongan camp as well. Uh, I, I know a, a lot of you guys might not watch uh, yeah. much Super League uh, because of the time zone, but Lola Hea has had a tremendous year with, with Huddersfield. He's really stood up and was in the running for the Man of Steel Award, which is the best player of the year award uh, in Super League this season. And he's, he's played the majority of the year at fullback for, for the Giants, but he's, he's in the house for Tonga this evening, so I'll be interested to see how he goes. Yeah, no, he's been flying, Lolo here. Obviously, he played for the Warriors. He's come over here, and you've seen him go from strength to strength and, and motivate his game and get to the next level. Just quickly before we let you go, mate, Samoa, probably obviously a huge letdown. What are our expectations for them taking on, on Greece? You've seen them bounce back. They looked a bit tired. 
Yeah, I, I thought they looked a, a little bit tired. I know they've, they've been in the country for a couple of weeks now, but they, they did look a little bit tired. And, and But England just shocked them, didn't they, in the, in the opening stages? Uh, and I yeah. think Samoa failed to recover from that. Uh, England posted some, some early tries in the first 20 minutes or so, and, and Samoa just didn't really find the groove. Uh, they, they came back into the game a little uh, bit towards the end of the first half in the last seven or eight minutes. But half-time actually came at a, a wrong time for, for them just as they was coming back into the game because the the momentum stopped and, and they didn't they just didn't get back back out in in the second half. I think England scored six tries in the last 16 minutes of the game um, and, and just blew Sam over off the park. But I fully expect uh, Matt Parrish's side to, to bounce back. Uh, I can't see them losing the, the, the remaining group games against Greece and France. I think they've got too much star quality for that. Uh, but if they can build some combinations together with the likes of uh, Jerome Luai and obviously Anthony Milford's picked up a one-match man, but if they, if they can build up some combination in the spine with Joseph Swaliki, um, I think they'll go all right. And I think I can, I, I can still see them going pretty far in the tournament. Hey, Drew, just quickly, uh, final, who you got? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Yeah. Uh, and, and if we've got any English listeners uh, who are tuning in, uh, I think <laughs> I think uh, they won't be too happy with, with, them, with what I'm about to say. But I, I think I'm going to go with, uh, and it pains me to say it, <laughs> but I'm going to go with a, a Kiwis Australia final. Uh, I, I, I think I think the Kiwis will, will win this year's World Cup, and it'll, and it'll be good to see them win it. Uh, to be honest, because we've, we've obviously not seen the seen anyone else lift the trophy since since obviously they won it in in 2008 uh, because the Aussies have, have just been too good in in recent years but it, it's going to be a, an excellent tournament and, and I for one can't wait for the knockout stages Nice Drew, hey thanks a lot for joining us yeah, doing a good course. job up there mate um, go well and enjoy the game tonight the Tongans will get you so excited go well mate I can't wait, I can't wait uh, thanks for having me boys, it's been a pleasure there you go, Drew Derbyshire. He's deputy editor of Love Rugby Luke, joining us out of St. Helens, the great town. Georgie Mann, oh. Tia Ropardi, Shane Cooper, um, Kevin Edel end up going playing there. They had so many great players. Paulie Newlove, the centre. You know, the boys that I played with up there. Jeez, what a town. What a town. They'll be loving it oh. up there, the Tongans. And Fui Fui Moi Moi in the <laughs> stands. He's still playing. Do you know that? He's still oh, playing. He's at man. Rochdale up there at the moment with another bloke called Rangi Chase. Remember him? Put on yeah, probably one of the best tries I've ever seen. Yeah, out the back of the hand, mate. That was freakish. Mate, honestly, Fui Fui Mui Mui running around for the hills. Oh, I just picture <laughs> I can picture him at the front of that Tongan crowd just getting them going, mate. They are the most fanatical, passionate supporters you will meet in sport. Sometimes a bit overboard, obviously what went on in Hamilton, but, mate, they are just so good at what they do. They they really get amongst them. It's so good to see. I, I want to see pictures. I'm watching the game now, so if I drift off and not don't hear anything, I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. Hey, Kevin, <laughs> before we shoot off for your off-the-back fence, one question from Pat. Do you think Brown has been too comfortable in the number six jersey? Getting quiet in the NRL final, quiet so far in the first game of the World Cup, great on defence, and again just passing and kicking. Rank the next Johnson. Uh, look, I, I said uh, yesterday whether or not you saw him throw that pass over and out on the full. I think he's finding his feet in that Kiwi team. Jerome Luai, they need a... Um, not Jerome Luai, sorry. Jerome, Jerome Hughes, they need to put him back at halfback as soon as possible so they can build a combination. Yeah. So it's not him and Foran. 
Yeah. Get Hughes in there straight away and let him dominate the game and let Brown build his way back into it. Yeah, love it. Great answer. There you go, Pat. And he also said, is he the tea sauce everywhere down the chin first bite is a must, so don't worry, brother. There you go. So good. 20 minutes past seven. Here with Kevin Sweethouse, great great savings every day. Uh, Kempi's off the back fence. We're going to tack right a little bit. But we've got your messages on your favourite type of snags after the Sausage Awards (laughs) last night. So we'll get back to those. Don't worry. With Tony Kemp. Oh, someone has to talk about it. Why was Peter Gus Sawakula not selected as one of 63 players? Yes, 63 players deemed to be the best to wear the black jersey on this year's end of year tour. Why the code of silence? And why aren't we being told why it was that he was definitely good enough to be selected recently, only to be left out now? Something doesn't seem right. Now, if this happened to say a Bodie Barrett, or maybe a Sam Whitelock, would the deafening silence be acceptable? I don't think so. Would an accountability report be required if they were left out of the top 63 players? Actually, I damn well know so. In my opinion, the double standard that is displayed seems simply to be because Peter appears to have less of a profile than, say, a Bodie or a Sam. Is this not in direct conflict with what the black jersey stands for? If he has been left out for a misdemeanour, then why are we not being made aware of it? Or is it that if we are made aware of it, then it will raise more questions than answers? Whatever it is, Peter Gus Sawakola needs to be given the same respect we would give Bodie or Sam if the shoe was on the other foot. If you're saying that this black jersey is to be respected, then the first thing you need to do is respect the players, whoever they are. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, it's crazy, Kempi. Um, touched on it a while back and just, yeah, still don't know why. And there's definitely something that's went on. 100%. Because you could tell me he should have made that All Blacks 15 that's travelled. Even the Barbars, you know, something like that. So there's something that's a little bit of miss there, a little bit fishy. Um, and, yeah, the details. I know Jace Ryan's come out and said the door's not shut. Um, for Peter Gus Sawakula, and I hope not, because if not, he should be over representing Fiji for his country, his, his place of birth, and where his whānau and family are from. So, um, yeah, watch the space. Definitely know there's fed rumours, fed rumours, but, you know, don't want to speculate. It makes I have hard evidence. So. It, it makes the whole setup look really average, you know what I mean? You're, you're basically saying Peter Gus Sawakula was in the top three number eights in the country, wouldn't you? They took two of them in the all-black team, so he should be the New Zealand 15's number eight. That's yeah. That, it just makes it look really average. So something definitely going on. The same thing happened to Richie Blackmore. He made the top three in the in – the, <laughs> this is such a funny story. He made the top three in the Kiwis' final um, process to be the Kiwi coach. He missed out. So he thought, oh, I'll, I'll go for the – I'll go for the junior Kiwi coach. Well, he didn't even get in the in the top three. <laughs> mm. You know, it makes the system look really average. So you've got to be transparent. It's better to put it out there. And and the point that I'm making, because I have to say something for Peter, and you have to advocate for Peter. If the shoe was on the other foot, do you think that people would allow this to happen and, and just say, well, how come Bodie's not in the team? 
Are you telling me he's not in the top 63? You're not even actually telling us why you left him out. Do you think that would happen? No, no way. No way. We'll get a clear message of why, and it'll 100% be performance-based. I, I totally think this isn't performance-based. Performance-based is something that's gone on. and Yeah, look, I've been in that environment, and if I'm going to be completely honest, Kempi, um, I've made mistakes in that environment, and my coach could have come out and told the truth, but he didn't. He had my back, and he he protected me, which is... Obviously, I'm on the other side. I want to know what happened. But when you're on the inside, I was actually very, very grateful. That was Steve Hansen. That was Steve Hansen. I, I did, yeah, you know, like I made a mistake and I've made plenty of mistakes. And he could have come out and the media were like, why isn't is he playing? Why doesn't he do this? And he just protected me. And to this day, I'll never never forget it. And uh, I guess that's what's going on in there. You, you look after your own and you never want to throw him under the bus. And obviously, Peter's made a mistake. I, I yeah, I reckon he's definitely made a mistake and made a couple. And I guess the worst thing is to go out and, and front it and, and throw him right on the bus. I know we want to be transparent and we want the honesty, but that's probably my explanation for it. I've mm. been protected and it's and it's um yeah, I'm so grateful for it because we are human and we've made plenty of mistakes and I made a couple. Yeah, nice, is it? Great honesty, mate. Half past seven o'clock this morning. Uh, like we heads out there, Kempi as well. Trying to shine some light onto it. Uh, that's off the back fence. If you just tuned in and miss and want to hear the rest of that Peter Cusk's whole cooler conversation, head to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Our podcast channels after the news. That'll have full Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. We'll get back to your text messages and get some sports headlines as well. <laughs> CNZ, we're coming up to 26 away from 8am this morning. couple of sports headlines to get you going with Gull fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some great value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Well, Brighton, Nottingham Forest have just got underway in their Premier League fixture this morning. No score, five minutes through. We've got Crystal Palace, Wolves at quarter past eight. Tomorrow, United and Tottenham and Liverpool and West Ham. Teams that need answers, United, big time at the moment. Here's an answer for you. Steve Smith doesn't fit the puzzle for the Australian T20 World Cup selection spots because George Bailey, who's the convener of selection or chairman of selectors, has said, I think all the members of our 15 have a role to play during the tournament, but I don't think that will be in the starting 11 for Steve. I think we'll absolutely have a role for him at some stage. So there you go. That probably tells you that Tim David, the exciting batsman, will come through. Uh, this game is going to be massive Saturday night on ECNZ. Black Caps, Australia, to start the T20 World Cup in proper. And there you go. Steve Smith is not in the plans of the starting side. And if you're tuning in this morning and wondering what the bloody hell we are talking about with sausages... Well, that's because there's something to celebrate. New World Tarapa and Zorora Meats in Auckland have been announced as the Supreme Award joint winners at the 2022 Great New Zealand Sausage Competition. So the Tarapa pork sausage and the Zoroa Meats 
Auraki Salami, which was venison and wagyu. They took the top awards, and it kind of got us going on what our favourite um, sausages were. And there's so many text messages stacked up. But there is one from Matt on the Peter Gusso, a cooler situation there, Kempi. Yeah, there is. Look, um, Jace Ryan did say that PGS selection was before he had started his tenure. Jace wouldn't have picked him. That's what Matt reckons. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really talking about the selection previously. And Izzy's made a really good point here about looking after the players from within. Um, I just, what I'm saying is that if that is the case, and you are being, I guess, in some ways, punished for a misdemeanour. Will he be selected again? That's the that's the question. And the other part of it is the the narrative around, well, if he can't be picked for this World Cup, then he misses out on his home country, which is Fiji. So, and if that happens, then this question in and around, you know, picking players so they can't play for their home country actually starts to, sort of a blowtorch starts to go on it, doesn't it? And a rule change probably needs to happen. So when you go to the World Cup, because Peter Sawkula, Gus Sawkula would just walk into the Fijian side. Is he? Is that? Am I on the right track? Yeah, he'll be welcome in with open arms for sure, mate. <clears throat> he's uh, probably the one of the big, one of the best ball carriers in the Super Rugby last year. He's playing well for Taranaki. Um, yeah, look, it's it's interesting. Yeah, look, I spoke about it, my misdemeanors, but I got another opportunity to repay the faith. So Gus hasn't been shown. And I guess the thing is, J, um, Peter Gus Sawakula was chosen under, um, you know, Plumtree's time in the team and Plumtree was the selector and now Jace Ryan's come in he's seen something different so there's that aspect as well and he's already fronted it uh, on one of the shows he's come out and said look he was before my time I probably wouldn't have picked him so you got to think of that situation but I hope not Kempe and there's a lot of conspiracies out there regarding that that chat and saying that we do it on purpose I hope not but you know you got to start to question there's been a few around the world, and I, like I said in, in my one a while back, uh, World Rugby have to think about this, this is going on, this is going to happen now, this is going to happen in the future, there needs to be a rule set inside to say if this is happening, this shouldn't be able to affect their chances to head home and play for their chosen nations at a Rugby World Cup, the pinnacle, it's, um, yeah it's crazy. I, could, I can't imagine a world in which they're doing it intentionally. I just, they'd just be, it'd just be, so, I think that's, it'd just be so cruel. And I, yeah, I can't imagine that. But you're right. I, I think, think the question is, Louis, sorry, just to just jump in quickly. The question is, would if we go approach these players, we'd ask them, would you take one match to represent the All Blacks, that one jersey, or would you rather go back and play for your country? It'd be interesting to hear their thoughts, you know, like, because. They come to New Zealand and they all want to play for the All Blacks and that one jersey might mean the world to them. But like, then going home and playing 30 times for their country might mean the world to them too. So it'd be interesting to hear from a player's perspective what they think. I know a lot of them want to go back and I, Look, I think what Tongan's doing, Tongan's doing at the World Cup and what Simone's starting to follow, I think the, the Pacific nations will eventually say, well, you know, the power of the, of the draw, which was the black jersey, or the, or the green and gold jersey is not going to be the same. I think, I think in the future, they'll say no, if that's your question you're asking them. I think you're on the right track there, Kempe. Hey, a couple of quick texts before we head off to Storm Purvis. Lads, I've been vegetarian for about five years, but I swear every every sporting event, <laughs> the smell of Fritz's wieners are a special kind of torture. Oh, man. That, that just... 
Are you sure you can't just... No, you can't go back on it. And best snag has to be Will O'Donnell's catch yesterday in the Plunkett Shield. That's better than any award-winning sausage, says Scott. Yeah, that was an absolute snag, Scott. Well pointed out. Uh, hey, the Silver Ferns are hoping to snag themselves the Constellation Cup. Defend it for the first time. Retain it. Storm Purvis is a proud ex-Fern. We'll catch up with her after this. The Silver Ferns are nearly in uncharted territory. Only once before, in 2012, have they won the first two games of the Constellation Cup. And as the series goes back to Aussie tonight for the third test, the chance to keep their hands on the silverware for the first time beckons. With some personnel changes on board to grapple with in the Diamonds' first home test in over a 1,000 days, they'll have to earn it tonight in Melbourne. Storm Purvis is a former Silver Fern We've had the grace of the, who we've had to grace the SCNZ airways plenty, and she was she's with us now. Morning, morning to you, Storm. How are you doing? Morning, boys. I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. How excited are you for this opportunity the Silver Ferns have in front of them? I am very, very excited, actually. A little bit nervous. Um, you mentioned a few things in your lovely opening piece there. It has been over a 1,000 days since the Australian Diamonds have played at home, so I feel like that's mm. going to be um, that's gonna present a really big challenge for our girls. But it kind of feels like this like new era of dominance from the Silver Ferns over the Australian Diamonds is about to start, and we haven't had that in a really, 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 really long time. So... I'm excited, yeah. <laughs> yeah, how good, how good, Storm. It's Kempe here. Hey, what about uh, Phoenix, Karaka and Kelly Jury, how well they're going defensively and, and, and just how well they've all clicked together, the Silver Ferns? Oh, I mean, that, I was a defender, so it's actually so nice to see those two starting to gel. Um, I played a lot with Phoenix over my career and, and she's a player that likes to like work in that unit and switch lots and play pulley style of defence. Whereas Kelly Jury, I mean, she's all arms and legs and, and her um, <laughs> strengths are just getting over the ball and just being a presence in the circle. So it's taken them a while to kind of get that connection going and, and meet somewhere in the middle where Kelly can stand there and do her thing, but still every now and then allow Phoenix to come flying in and, and work in tandem. So the last two games, like, holy moly, we're not used to getting heaps of ball um, and heaps of clean intercepts against Australia. And I think they've had between them, like, 10 games each game or something ridiculous. So that has been my personal favourite thing about the Constellation Cup so far. Beautiful. And what about other... Obviously, there's a lot of talk about Peta Toyava coming in and her combination with Grace Nowicki, Ekanasio. So how does Maddie Gordon approach this game? And what do we need to see from Maddie Gordon to just really seamlessly go into that role and keep the same kind of flow that the Silver Ferns have been able to create over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, well, I mean, first things, it'll be interesting interesting to see who Dame Noll starts in that wing attack position. And I think you're right. I think it will be Maddie Gordon um, looking at yep. the makeup of the team. And I think if she's been watching these last two games, which I know she would have, if anything, she just needs to come in and let the ball go. That's what's been so amazing about Peter. She just turns around, you know, sometimes doesn't even sight Grace. She just has this... I don't know what it is, this this weird telepathic <laughs> relationship with Grace Mickey where she knows where she is, she knows that she's going to be holding, standing in the circle ready to receive the ball. And if anything, Maddie just needs to like kind of let go a little bit and take a little bit of fearlessness in and show that Peter isn't the only 
wing attack in the country that can do that. that these other girls can actually form this combination with Grace, have the confidence in themselves and her to let the ball go and trust that she'll be able to pull it in. So I don't think it'll happen from the first whistle, but once Maddie gets going and, and Kimmy Otapoi is another one who comes in in that centre position, if, if they can just slowly start to let the ball go with a little more freedom, then... I think that'll be what Dame Knowles wants to see. I think Tessa has come in and shown that you can do that at international level. You can do that against Australia like Tessa and Grace do at the Mystics. So, uh, yeah, freedom and letting the ball go is what I want to see from the middies in these last two games. Hey, Storm, 10,000 people in a packed Melbourne stadium. The Kiwis obviously will love that and the chance to wrap it up. But they've been off kilter, the Aussies. Have they got any aces up their sleeves tonight? Oh, gosh, I don't know if they've got... I really don't think they do <laughs> in terms of, like, players on the court. To be honest, I hate saying this about a coach, but I haven't been... Um, not impressed, but I've been surprised by some of the um, selections Stacey Marinkovic, Diamonds coach, has been making, or, or lack of changes, I guess, she's been making during a game. I think they haven't sorted out that shooting in just yet. And I would really like to see Sophie Garbin get a little more time in at goal shoot. She's just a slightly bigger presence than Cara Conan, who they're using at the moment. But, um, you know, there's things up their sleeves. It is going to be that crowd, um, a crowd that hasn't seen netball, you know, international netball on their shores for such a long time. John Kane Arena is awesome in Melbourne. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, our Ferns girls just step up to the challenge and really enjoy it. Uh, might be a bit overawing at first, but... Now, I have all the confidence that we'll be able to do it again. Beautiful. Go over there, ladies, and get the job done. We are right behind them, Nolene and the team. Just quickly, uh, just on the sponsors' side of it with Australia, do you think that's affected them, just quickly? Rather than all yeah, I, I mean, I think... Yeah, it's got to be a bit of a distraction, absolutely. There's been, you know, so much noise around it, um, and, and their coach, not gags them as such, said you can't talk about it, no interviews, <laughs> we're not doing anything. Um, which is probably the right thing to do, but you'd be lying if you said that wasn't a distraction within mm. the team. And I'm sure everyone has their own views on it, and, and that's going to be unsettling yeah. amongst you know your own relationships uh, in the squad as well. So, yeah, 100% bit of a distraction for them, and I hope they can sort it out soon. Well, Storm, we appreciate you coming on the show. Just like to say, you're doing a fantastic job on the airways for Sky Sports. So keep up the great work, and uh, thank oh. you so much for joining us. Go the Silver Ferns. <laughs> Go the Silver Ferns. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. There she is. Storm Purvis. Talking netball. And, uh, yeah, I'm, we're pretty confident. She's pretty confident too, lads. How good? How good. Excited. I mean, I would be too going to Melbourne, especially this time of year. You know, a packed stadium. A chance to take it. I think they haven't won, like you said, Louis, um, back-to-back. Put they've, it away in the cabinet. They've never retained it. They've never retained it. Mate, they got so much to play for. I, when, when Louis said that, I thought selection's going to be really key from uh, Nolene if she really wants to get it. Foot's on the throat. 100%. What do you do? Squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> the laugh. Yeah, you know, Kippy. Eight away from eight. Hey, uh, Izzy's got a bomb squad after this. And instead of taking bombs, he's hitting bombs. So stay tuned. Eight away from eight. Six all, Tonga, Papua New Guinea in the Rugby League World Cup right now. Papua New Guinea on attack just into Tonga's half. After eight, Baz, the old skip, joins the show for a good old catch-up right now. Izzy's Bomb Squad. Oh! 
How do we ensure that the pathways we have in New Zealand in terms of Kiwi golfers is enough? As many of you may know, I'm a big, big golf fan. And before last week, thought I wasn't too bad. <sighs> that was before I teed off at the Charles Tour, Pegasus Open, how at Clearwater. It soon became prevalent that being a social golfer and a full-time golfer are miles apart. The dedication and application to the craft takes hours and hours of work. I sat next to a certain pro who spoke about his training week. 20 hours of practice. Two and a half rounds plus two gym sessions. He's one of our elite amateurs who I think has a big, big future. One thing I'm starting to realise is down under, we have some real talent. Luke Toomey, Harry Bateman, Tyler Woods, Michael Thompson, and the journeyman, Josh Gary, who took out the championship. It's so hard as a pro unless they have the support of generous backers. Being a pro is a full-time job, that allows you to dedicate your sole focus to golf. I know a couple of golfers that have had so much talent but weren't able to convert, convert, and when it came to making a decision, when family came into the picture, they had to give it away. The reason I wrote this was how do we ensure that we are doing everything possible to help these young golfers convert to the big stage? Realistically, it comes down to them and how much do they want it. Is there funding available for our golfers so that the stress of worry about their next dinner or accommodation is irrelevant? Are all the tools and help being thrown to their disposal when they, when, even when they need it? I think not. And I guess when one makes it, you start to think they are the lucky one. Love it, Izzy. And I think you raised some really good questions and points about how hard not all sports are oh, equal to pathways. And it's if you're not necessarily front and centre, grinding away, it can be brutal out there. So I love it. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like these these pros, they have to dedicate. You've got to hit balls all day. You've got to focus. And some of them aren't able to because they've got kids. And they've got to go make money and they've got to put food on the table. It is tough. It is tough. But, yeah, just my... Uh, Kind of, you know, something I pictured the other day. Coming up, Baz McCullum, the skip. Here's Idle Health News for Kubota. Together shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, New Zealand, and all our fantastic listeners that tune in every single day. We appreciate your messages coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. It is Wednesday, the 19th of October, and it's just after 8 o'clock. you got Tony Kemp, Louis Herman, Wild, myself. you got Joe and Neeps in the back room. you got Aroha, 
keeping us up to date with what's going on in the news. And we've had a good hour. We spoke to Storm Purvis, all things Silver Ferns. They're taking on Australia tonight. The Constellation Cup has been a long time coming. Hopefully the ladies can get the job done. Nolene and the ladies over there get the job done. They're flying at the moment. A few changes in amongst that squad, but I'm sure the changes won't, uh, won't falter them. They'll go out and they'll go flying. Kempi obviously uh, just spoke a wee bit about the golfers and, and the pros around New Zealand. You just came through with a nice wee um, answer regarding that oh, um, Izzy's bomb squad regarding the golfers. What do you have to say about that, bud? Yeah, look, I, I, I love that um, that little bomb squad there, Izzy. Look, I've always thought that players, they come from somewhere and they should always give back into a development fund. So let's say 2% of their of their takings. Oh, and I'll, I'll give golf yeah. for an example. So Cam Smith just signs a $100 million um, live deal. All right, 2% yeah. of that goes back into a development fund that he chooses where it goes. You know, Charles Barkley just signs a $200 million deal. He's in his late 50s, he decides where it goes. And it goes back yeah. into a developing basketball or developing golf program of their choice. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. it's one way of just paying it forward. And that's why I'm, real, I'm a real advocate for really good unions. They should be putting that sort of stuff into contracts. I love it. I love it because that's the biggest barrier at the moment, eh, with um, golfers. It's just... You know, trying to understand where their next dinner is going to be, how they're able to go to these tournaments, how they're able to put in the time to master their craft, knowing that they've got to put food on the table. That is the biggest barrier, and I think funding like that, what you've just said there, Kempi, would be a fantastic way to allow them to just go play freely. And uh, yeah, obviously there's got to be a criteria. You've got to have some credentials behind you. can't just go to anyone. You've got to have a game. And, well, this next guest... He's not bad on the golf course. Seventy-seven, he reckons over in uh, over in Fiji. We'll have to see about that. We'll have to see about that. Maybe a few pickups along the way. The one and only, <laughs> the skip, now gone coach, Brendan Pango McCullum. Morena to you. Uh, Morena to you as well, my friend. Old Israel Pango Dag. Good to speak to you, brother. <laughs> Good to speak to you, Bears. Welcome back into the country, mate. You've been relaxing everywhere. The, the air points are flying, mate. How you been? You enjoying family time? Yeah, it's good, brother. It's good, actually. Just got back from Fiji last night, so it was great, actually. Just take the kids over there and put a bit of time into them after being away for for a few months on end. So, no, it's nice to be back, though. Back in Matamata. Got a little game of golf today as well, just to sort of, you know, keep grooving the swing after 77, 79. Look out. Great etiquette with the guys I played with as well. Oh, the life of, the life of Kings, Baz. I'm loving it. And you've got a couple heading over to Melbourne in a couple of weeks' time. Did you take the family to Fiji so you could get get to that Melbourne trip? <laughs> uh, Liz is coming with me to Melbourne too. We're lucky enough we go every year, actually. Kempi would go over there with, uh, with Andy Seabrook and, and his wife and he's on the bloodstock and and we get to uh, experience the Melbourne Carnival the right way too. So lucky enough to have a runner on Derby Day, which, gee, if Pongo gets up in the carbine, look out. It will, the, <laughs> the lid will be lifted off Flemington by a few Kiwi lads. It'll be good fun. Mate, t- talk to us. What, what are we expecting over at the, at the Melbourne Carnival? You've been every year. I'm a novice. I'm a grommet in this sense. So what are, what are our expectations? What are we walking into Daisy and I? 
Mm. Well, I'm I'm more concerned for the crowd of Melbourne than than for you. <laughs> I think once <laughs> once they get to experience Izzy and, and Daisy on course, then I don't think they'll ever go back. You know, I think they'll uh, <laughs> they'll they'll really they'll really see something they haven't seen before. No, mate. It, honestly, it's unbelievable. It's um, it's so much fun. Derby Day's amazing too. It's just some unbelievable racing right throughout the carnival, uh, right throughout the card. And Melbourne Cup's a little bit different because it's sort of all geared to. Uh, towards that, the big race, um, but just the vibe around Melbourne and and, uh, and the people that you run into. There's, I, I guess, like racing is. We are obviously we're fanatics, but it's amazing how it can captivate so many different types of people as well. And, and you run into a lot of old friends and, and meet some new ones throughout as well. And you have a pretty good time. So hopefully, make it quit as well on the pump would be the ideal. Yeah. But regardless of what happens, we're gonna have a pretty good time. Well, you two You'll just go over there and enjoy yourself, and I'll just hold down the fort here. Um, Baz, <laughs> just mate, you've obviously been watching lots of sport too on your uh, on your time at home. We've, we've been talking about the Black Caps and and just their journey um, and what their future looks like. Have you have you been taking any of the Black Caps? Um, I guess some some of their struggles in at the moment. What, and do you have an opinion on on where they're travelling at the moment? Just quietly, Ken, before you get on the black caps, there might be some good news. Because I remember when I was, I was sort of sitting in that chair with you as well, Hutchie said that there needs to be, the SNZ breakfast team needs to be doing a show over in Melbourne during the carnival. So I hope maybe you just need to follow that. Maybe you need to follow that up with the <laughs> boss, Hutchie, and just make sure he's got your ticket over there as well. I'm on to it today. But, um, <laughs> good man. Um, now, look, in regards to black caps, look, I think. You Obviously, the last little while hasn't been as as productive as what it has been over the, the last few years. And the standards that they've set for themselves and the performance levels that they've been able to achieve have been quite remarkable. And the level of consistency they've been able to garner as well in quite an inconsistent game has been a real credit to the leadership and to, to some once-in-a-generation players all being a part of the same team, being incredibly well led by Kay Williamson and and some of the senior players as well. So, look, it hasn't been as fruitful or as productive in the last little while, but if you look at some of the margins, like a lot of the games that they've gone down in, it's been really fine margins, and one thing that you can never um, write the New Zealand cricket team off is when it comes to World Cups, they have an incredible ability to stay composed and, and really uh, really uh, disciplined for what needs to be done in pressure moments, and I expect them to be there or thereabouts again. What's the approach over in Australia? You've played a ton of cricket over there, and so obviously we've got some talent. We've got a maker. We've got some quickies coming in. We've got some spinners. So what what's what does the makeup of the group look like, and how do you approach playing in the conditions in Australia? Well, conditions they know quite well. Actually, is like the mm. the, the boys in that squad have played a lot of cricket over there. The conditions don't differ too too much from New Zealand. Yes, some of the boundary sizes are a little bit bigger, but. One of the real key attributes when you go to, to Australia, and it might be different in a World Cup as opposed to, um, say, a, a bilateral series, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of propaganda. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, noise which is is talked over there, and it's just a matter of trying to, I guess, control the narrative nah. around that stuff. Makes sure you very kidding. strong with my, <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of, just trying to just. Go about your work. You know the conditions are going to suit you. You've got a team which is comfortable in those those conditions. It's no different to the England side as well. They'll, they'll be useful in those those conditions too. So, look, I think 
um, you know, from New Zealand's point of view, they've just got to remain really composed, really level, and just allow their what mm. what they're so good at, which is just being able to stay um, you know, stay in the contest and, and pressure moments, allow that that ability to come out when it really matters. Don't read too much. Maybe maybe pick out the racing pages rather than the cricket pages while yeah. you're over there. Yeah, Baz, that's such a good point, Louis here, and that's where I was going to go because you know that. Hello, Louis. Hello, Baz, and they love their na- <laughs> they love their narratives in Australia, don't they? But what about the narrative of Andrew Forsman? Turning up and just winning for fun. And then you've got (laughs) La Creek and you've got She's Lickety Split going to be in the Empire Rose on the same day as the big boy from the Ready to Runs, Pungo and the Carbine. Like, how about that narrative, Baz? How good are the Kiwis going? Mate, the Kiwis are flying. You may as well add another couple in there as well. Mick D won in the Caulfield Cup. James McDonald served it up from left, right and centre. Chrissy Waller in the in the chair is the best in the game. How good are the Kiwis? And what about what about the statistics around Kiwi bred horses? Just giving it to the Aussies as well. I know there's a lot of Australian listeners on this channel too, but geez, you guys for all the money you've got, you really you really got to start stepping it up to compete with our boys. <laughs> hey, hey, Andrew Forsen though, he is flying. Hey, Absolutely ba- flying. Got to take me back to the old DJ O'Sullivan days. Sorry, Kempy. Takes me back to the DJ O'Sullivan days of being able to just. Head over on a Thursday, take a team over and just dominate big races in Australia. So it's great to see from a young trainer. Baz, sorry, mate. I was just going to say, where do you sit on on the likes of Chrissy Waller and and uh, J Mac being included in um, in the Sports Hall of Fame uh, equation? You know, with the Halbergs and bits and pieces like that. And have you seen, I guess, from a coach's perspective now, a different approach to? New Zealand coaches around the world and locally that could be there's something there that you think maybe there's a, a product that we could introduce to actually recognise and, and support the coaches? Well, I think firstly with uh, where does racing sit in regards to being a sporting uh, contest and, and are these people sports people and coaches, uh, trainers, coaches, 100%. Look, I still haven't quite worked out how the likes of James McDonald, Lance O'Sullivan over the years as well, all these other great uh, Kiwis involved in the racing game haven't really been recognised at the sporting table. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, these guys are supreme athletes. So every day, jockeys in particular, they put their lives at risk and they go out there and, and they perform to, to an incredibly high level. And, um, you know, and then you've got trainers who are no real different to coaches except that the players don't talk back for them, you know. They've got uh, they got the ability to, <laughs> they've got the ability to just have to try and read what uh, what's going on and prepare their athletes for for uh, specific races. So I definitely think that you know from there, well, they should be recognised um, at uh, at the sporting table, particularly here in New Zealand, because we've got some of the best horse horsemen and horsewomen uh, around around the place. So we need to recognise that uh, in regards to. New Zealand coaches and and what uh, what can be done. Look, I think again we're New Zealand people. We're incredibly resourceful, right? We've kind of got mm. to be. We're a long way. We're a long way detached from the rest of the world, and we've got to try and give ourselves a chance for a uh, country of five million to try and have a crack on the world stage. So, you know, I think there is something in that that uh, that New Zealanders possess and and whatever support they need along the way to try and achieve what they want to achieve on the big stage should be endorsed. 
Beautiful, Bears. So we're going to let you go shortly. We'll be advocating for uh, Chris Waller and Kiwis flying the flag in the racing arena to get uh, recognition for sure. Quickly, Bears, McCullum, Skip, Coach, Life. Man, hell of a ride the last year. How's life for Brendan McCullum up in the UK coming home? It has changed so much, mate. Are you enjoying it? What's it like over the eight? Like, yeah. red carpet everywhere you go, or what? <laughs> oh, it's been a pretty whirlwind year. Daggy, as you know, brother, it wasn't that long ago. You and I were sort of sitting in the chair together, and and I was very content, very comfortable doing what I was doing and loving life. Um, but I guess, you know, you only get opportunities like Coach in England come around once in a, mm. once in a, in a blue moon. So it was too good an opportunity to turn down, and, and to be honest, I'm, I'm loving it as well. It's, it's a tough challenge. There's a lot of there's a lot of extra noise and things which comes with it, but I think that's one of my skills has been able to remain pretty pretty kind of grounded and and just stay on task with what you're trying to achieve, and and it gives us a, a great opportunity to to be able to still live life and and have a good time. But I'm I'm certainly enjoying it, and you know it's been a crazy year, and you never get too far in front of yourself as a coach. You just want to make sure that you're enjoying yourself and, and you allow your players to enjoy themselves and try and do what they can do best. And and uh, that's when a few games of cricket along the way and a few guys get some runs and take some wickets, then, then that's bloody great too. But no, nah, it's been a cool year and very feel very privileged to be in the position of Mumbo. Mate, I heard a wee rumour the other day. I was talking to Cole Jamison. Obviously, you're going to be touring down under so quickly. How are you approaching the tour back in New Zealand, taking England to New Zealand? Is it true you're going to head to Queenstown and, and base yourself down there? Well, one of my sort of, one of the things that I really try and push is camaraderie, uh, togetherness. Um, Golf courses, of, you know, what, Well, I mean, that's just a byproduct. The fact that you just play a couple of nice golf courses is a byproduct of gelling your unit, right? Like, I mean, there's various things that you can do. Golf seems to be one of them. Um, so, you know, we're lucky enough that, that that's what we'll be doing, and then we'll try and uh, we'll try and take on the Kiwi boys and, and see how we go in it and what will be. No doubt, a tough tour, but yeah, we're looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to being able to get the England boys down here and and show them probably an experience that some of them haven't seen, even though they've toured New Zealand a lot. You know, I'm very proud of the country we live in, and I want to show it off to them as well. So, look forward to being able to do that. Yeah, good trip to Waikato stud uh, for the English cricket team. No, I absolutely love it. <laughs> go see, go see the great, <laughs> go see the great Samuel. Hey, Baz, one last one. Who wins the uh, Who wins the Cox Plate? I know you loved the race. Going back to one of the early stories you told me, getting rolled by Pinka Pinka. Um, so, are you got Animo on top or Zaki? Who do you like? Yeah, Louis. Look, yeah, that story still cuts pretty deep, actually. So I was having a great day until you mentioned when Jimmy Choo got rolled by Pinker Pinker, but that's okay. But no, look, I'm, I love champions, right? I love champion, our champions, and Animo has got six group ones, and an absolute champion is going to make an incredible horse at stud, and I'd love to see a champion get up again and got a nice nice barrier draw, and I'm sure we'll be given every chance, but I'd love to see Animo win, win the Cox Plate, and gee, I'd love to see... Punga win the carbine. <laughs> <laughs> Same, Bez. I don't care about the other ones. <laughs>
by two lengths now. Built just brushed there within love and war. Galactic Angel on the outside, but Pungo at the 200 metres, still two lengths clear. From in love and war is sticking on Dowley. Grimly holding on to second spot, but it's Pungo well clear. And the odds on... Just for fun. For fun. <laughs> Did you hear in the it, background of that race call too? All the way from New Zealand, he was like, "Get up!" It's falling. It's falling. Clearly, maybe, still yelling that out. <laughs> maybe, maybe, that could be how you wake everyone up at six a.m. Rather than Maureen, it could be oh. get up, <laughs> get up, get up, everyone. We're here. <laughs> Honestly, is it weird that I drive down the road and I like commentate and just I'm like just talk I'm like Pungle down the outside, Pungle on the outside, and Pungle flies home. I'm just yeah. What about our lot. What about our WhatsApp group, bro, where we sit there and every day it's like I wonder what Pungo's up to. <laughs> <laughs> Do you and then one of the boys is like he's probably looking through the fence at a lot of fillies. <laughs> just lost the lot. <laughs> Oh, anyway, Bez, we appreciate you coming on, brother. Go well, swing well, keep that etiquette up. We know your etiquette on the golf course. Appreciate it. All the best, brother. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. It's good to talk to you. How oh, good. Oh, Just so that you know, Bezza. the message has gone straight to Hutchie. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. Hey, Hachi. Oh, here we go. Here's Sam. Hi, Kempi. No plans at this stage. Ruben Louis can give you an update post show. <laughs> Sam. Oh, yes. Come on. Us. Come on, Sam. Come on, she's Sam. Probably, she's probably thinking New Zealand Cup Day. You'll think t- t- Sam will be listening. We're meeting Melbourne. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, what update? Can I-, I can't give Kenny any update. I've got, <laughs> I've got nothing off of here. Apart from this text from Richie, which says, My mate is in Aussie and he's the track rider for Animo. He just messaged saying he's ready to rumble. So let's oh, go. Come on. Richie, let's go. It's going to be some race. That's the horse talking. Just so you know, that's the horse talking. How good. Radio. 22 minutes past eight. That was Baz. In fine form. You can tell he's rested and rotated, isn't he, from his time in <laughs> Fiji. In a hell of a mood. Awesome. And uh, how good that he's going to be here with the English cricket team at the start of next year as well. It's going to be so fun. We'll chat some mm. TAB odds and not too far with Pip Morris. Um, here with Chemist Warehouse, of course. Great savings every day. Papua New Guinea. I think they're trailing about 16 6 they're up, and it is a game. Wait, Tong is up over Papua New Tong has scored too late. That's right, 18-6, so it's on fire. 23 minutes past 8. 28 minutes past 8 o'clock, and it is Wednesday, so we will get the markets for the weekend racing this afternoon at about 1 or 2 p.m., and then all of the markets will be open at tab.co.nz. Pip Morris is on the line. What else are we looking at today, Pip? Good morning, guys. We've got plenty of sport to look forward to today. Obviously, the T20 matches. West Indies is currently taking 90% of the stakes there at $1.33. As far as the basketball goes, two bets at $600 on the 76ers, head-to-head, $2.11 and then $2.13. $500 put on the Celtics, head-to-head at $1.69. Another 1000 put on the 76ers, point start plus three at one ninety. Another thousand on the Golden State Warriors head to head at a dollar thirty-two, and a thousand on the Lakers point start seven or more at a dollar ninety. And I can tell you, we've got a US basketball early payout. Place a pre-match head to head bet on the NBA this season, 
And if your team is winning by 12 or more at halftime, we'll pay you out as an early winner. Uh, so that's something to look forward to there, guys. And Tauranga today, Privileged Son has been the best stack by far, race number six at 350. And if you're looking for a Greyhound, I really like Big Time Mooney, race seven at $3 at Palmerston North. Oh, race seven, Palmy. I love that from you, Pip. We do. And yeah, I just. Oh, best bet, perfect. Now, uh, at Tauranga today, the markets have been decimated by scratchings, as you do tend to get. It's a soft five, so it's not because it was a heavy track. Uh, but here's a couple that have absolutely been smacked. And deductions, obviously, if you had a bet previously, you'd be laughing. Race number one, I thought Skew If had the right form around it and was a really good bet at $3 in the Waikato stud colours. And they might go back-to-back. In race two, they've got perfect puss or perfect uh, pus, I guess it is, uh, there. It's Sean Mackay, Peter and Sean Mackay training in partnership, the Sacred Fools, Miss Perfection, first starter. And I actually noticed before there were deductions in this race at all, it had been smashed in the market there, race two, number 13, but... Yeah, I got a bully around that one yesterday, actually. Uh, Louie, I was told to maybe back it if there was going to be scratching. So, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of plunge on that running yesterday, and the money's still coming. So, despite the deductions with the scratchings, that's real money. And anyone that got the 11s would be laughing now. Just another reason to back with the TAV, because whatever price you get, no matter the scratchings, it's yours to keep. Yeah, exactly. It's very true. And I think that Waikato stud start to the day, races one and two might go real good. And I've got a couple from Geelong that I'm keen to throw out. Oh, Cammy sticks through. Skew if race one as well. Good man, Cam. A couple Ooh. to throw out from uh, Geelong after this loveracing.nz. Here is Aroha at the News for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, and they're just about to kick off in the second half. Tonga versus Papua New Guinea at the Rugby League World Cup. <laughs> CNZ, we are 27 away from nine. Remember, we're talking some snooker with our far north legend snooker champion uh, before the end of the show. But Kempe, Papua New Guinea, one minute into the second half of school. Unbelievable! Their, their dummy half. He's had a really big game. Quick out of the quick out of the mark, out of the blocks, and he just pushed off about three or four Tongans there, throwing it back on the inside to Young Lammy and scored on the post. We got a game on here, is he? Honestly, the game—it's the game—it's the game of the World Cup so far, and it's a big outcome too. This one, Tonga Papua New Guinea. Oh, how good! How good! Who's that dummy half? He just brushed off about four Mate, of them. We need a dummy half at the Warriors. They don't look average. Oh, how good is that? Yeah, eighteen, ten, eighteen, twelve will be. They'll have—they'll kick it, and then we're away, lads. Good matchup, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you up to date throughout the show for sure. What have we got coming up the way? Yeah, we got the po- uh, snooker player. How good! Love a bit of snooker. I'm horrible at that game too. <laughs> good pub game though, wasn't it? Um, boys, love racing. Yep. Nz here are the fields. Well, we've got the markets that'll be open this afternoon for this weekend. The soliloquy and the. Sarton at Tarapa this weekend, both for three-year-olds over the 1,400, heading towards the 1,000, 2,000 guineas, are rippers. I'll start with Soliloquy. Legato. Yes. Prowess. Yes. Mazzolino. Yes. Romancing to the Moon. Stella Splendida. Chuck an Academy Award. She's class. She's dominant. Flamebird. Oh, it's a lovely-looking field. 
and then the Sarsen. Well, Dynastic is back, which means that there was no issue with him after his massive failure at Matamata. Can he get somewhere back to his best? Were there excuses? We will find out, because if he's not at his best, Sacred Satono, Wild Knight. Wonder if uh, there's a chance Prowess lines up in the Sartan, because she's nommed here. Um, there's Wytak, the Racketeer, Goldberg, Desert Lightning. This is a, a great couple of three-year-old races, and they'll give us a big lead. And today, it's Geelong Cup Day. And boys, I reckon there's a reason J-Mac's going to the races today. And I think it's because he wants to win a couple of stakes races. Swan in for a few really good rides. Surefire has got the good form around it in the Geelong Cup. Um, don't worry about its failure in the Turnbull last start. It was only, it was the Turnbull, wasn't it? Yeah, he was 11th, but he was under five lengths off those nice horses. And the pace was pretty suspect that day. You look at his starting price in the Kingston Town, the Chelmsford. He's been right there, backed heavily in the market. $7 into four twenty. The money was on before scratchings there. Race 8, Surefire, J-Mac. And if you think you can do the stakes double like me, have a bit of Catalan for the Godolphin Army, who are dead set flying. She gets a good track. She's going to be really hard to stop. And I think it was a soft five or thereabouts, and I checked yesterday, and the weather was meant to be okay. Juan Diva for Trelawney Stud, just drawn a little bit wide. Um, Craig Williams takes the ride there. I'd love to see Juan Diva go a massive race, but at 3.20, taking money as well. Catalan, J-Mac, back-to-back, races eight and nine at Geelong, is where I'll have a bob each way later this afternoon. If that's okay with you guys, same. Following you in, mate. Just, just <laughs> having to keep up. It's Catlin Shelfire Skewiff. Beautiful. Thank you for that, Louie. That's all right, Izzy. And um, we got to get to some of the texts on the sausages to round out the show, Kempi. Can't beat a home kill beef sausage. Also, on the flip side, all halal sausages are trash. Wow, that's that's pretty rough. Venison and plum, or jalapeno and cheese from Peter Tim's, says Ryan. Yeah, they reckon they reckon you've got to go to Peter Tim's, is he, and buy us a few sausages oh. and get the boys down, mate. I'll just do that because I play with Chris Tim's, who actually owns uh, Peter Tim's with his father. Yep, I'll go down there. Tim's he always looks after us, so go down there and get the best sausages. He actually, I think he's um, a part of the show as well. I think he's jumped on board and, and doing some work with us. So uh, it's be great to have Timsy on board. So we'll get some of those for you too, Kempe. Don't worry about it. They are very good sausages. And just a quick shout-out for Sam Jones. Izzy, don't forget Sam Jones, a fantastic left-hander from Taranaki. I shouldn't have forgot him. I didn't forget him. A very dedicated amateur who is having great results. Second at the Mount, first at Tauranga, and second at Clearwater. He is flying Sam Jones, quality left-hander out of the Naki. Well, I look for him to be in contention at Namutu this weekend. For the Charles Tour. Watch out. Watch out. Smoky. And here's a smoky from Gaza. Muscle sausages and Thames, bro. Get some. (laughs) Okay, Gaza. (laughs) And Thames. Muscle sausages? Muscle sausages and Thames. They muscle anything down there. Get a muscle cake. I've had a muscle muscle pie. Muscle pies are good. Oh, yeah. Muscle muscle sausage. Mate, the muscle inn up in uh, Takaka there, north of Takaka, one of my favourite spots in New Zealand. Main Street Butchery, Tamuka, Gibby's crumbled beef sausages, the best in the whole world. 
Best saucy is a Hungarian from Peter Tim's Butchery in Christchurch. You need to get some as he treat the boys next time you're together. I say, John, that text isn't that incredible. That's exactly what we were just saying. And uh, favourite sausages, Mars homemade power sausage, says horse. Good on your horse. Cam, the bully on Dynastic had slow recovery and laceration on the nose. Carmen line on Saturday. Yeah, look, Carmen line for the Wexford lads. She can dead set fly. So, Cam, I'm with you there. We'll go make sure that we uh, don't miss her when she pops up in the markets. But after this, we can't miss this guy, Tom Adams. The three-day 2022 Carmo Northland Masters Snooker Championship champion. I don't know much about snooker, but we're about to find out. And Tom Adams, he's reinvigorated his love for sport. We're going local after this on SCNZ. 16 away from nine, and let's talk some snooker, Kempi. Yeah, man. The three-day 2022 Carmo Northland Masters Snooker Championship is a prestigious invite-only tournament. I never got one with only the best players in New Zealand asked to attend. That's probably why. And our next guest, Tom Adams, <laughs> is the man who won it all. Even though he hadn't picked up a pool cue competitive, uh, competitively for 30 years, he racked it up. He didn't expect much out of the competition. He went in there and he got it done. So it's a big congratulations to our man, Tom, who joins us now. Morena, Tom, how are you? And before we start, what's your favourite sausage? Oh, I'll have to be wild pork, mate. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a goodie. Wild pork. <laughs> Catch it yourself, I bet, with your pool cue. Anyway, what, ama- <laughs> what, a, what an amazing return um, to where you've come from, mate. Just tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah. Oh, kia and uh, morning to you guys and uh, everyone out there. Um, yeah, it's been, been one of those ones where I think uh, a lot of people have put it down to misspent youth, <laughs> hanging around <laughs> hanging around pool clubs and, and pool halls and, you know, and waiting outside the pub for the old man and that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, ended up in the pool halls and got to know a really uh, an, awesome, an awesome tutor, uh, mentor of mine. He's, uh, he was an old um, uh, Yugoslavian man and... Um, yeah, he sort of took me under his wing and back in the early days, and uh, I'll never forget him. Yeah, I'll tell you, Yeah, I was in there a bit of reading yesterday, and I, I, I picked up on the Billard Saloon, Tom. What's that place? What, yeah. Billard Saloon. What's that like, Tom? Is that a? Is, tell us about that old, old old little stomping ground for yourself, mate. Memories there. You get some good characters out there. Oh, for sure, mate, for sure, yeah. I mean, um, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, um, that place was the place, you know. Was, uh, <laughs> I guess it was just a hangout for for a lot of youth, and uh, even even when you got into the uh, to your older years, you sort of just didn't want to leave it, you know. It's one of those places. Um, I think every town's got one, but uh, ours was the Karai Bird Saloon, yeah. And we had, we had, at the time, we had four... Uh, Snooker tables in there and, and video you know, arcade machines. And I think uh, when I started going there, Pac-Man had just come out. Yeah. <laughs> Defender. So, <I> mean, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the end thing. You sort of had a big mob around that, that machine all day, every day. So the snooker tables was 
was me pretty much. Uh, yeah. Hey, I remember mm. those. I remember that in that old place you're talking about. We had one in Waitara called the pool parlour, which was the same thing. Had pool tables, billiard wow. tables, and Space Invader machines. Yep. Back then, these fellows yep. were too young for back then because they all played PlayStations now. But <laughs> Tom, just tell us a little bit about that. Did you get in from with your mentor because the old boys were playing billiards and and trying to make a bit of pocket money, and you thought as a youth you could get in there and take it off them? Yeah, I, I think I was just um, it was it, it sort of all came from from the watching the you know the English Open and all that sort of thing on black and white TV with the old man, you know, and that sort of my interest came about that. And then when I finally got to go to a snooker uh, to the blue saloon and saw the big tables, well, you know, the two just linked up and I just stuck with it. But uh, yeah, it would have to come from the old man. Just you know, he used, to, he used to wake me up to watch the All Blacks play, and you know, whenever they were in Scotland or whatever on world tours, and just get me out of bed a couple of mile and just watch TV. <laughs> yeah. So, that was great. Mm. Good, mm. good memories. What, what was the tournament like for you yeah. in the competition, mate? We, we obviously a little bit nervous. Did, you didn't think you oh, could win it, mate. But when did it start clicking for you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I when I um, when I uh, was told about the Masters and all that, I made a phone call to the Carmo Club and spoke to a guy Mike and. Uh, we got to talking, and he, he asked me what rank I'm in, and I said, "Man, I got no rank at all, man." <laughs> I said, I, "I said, I said, someone's got to come last. I'll take last." <laughs> so, you-, <laughs> you know, I, I went there. I went there really just thinking, "Oh, man, I'll just go and give it a bash and see what happens, and just to see what see what the um, you know what what it's all about, really." I, you know, to see guys dressed up in pin suits and bow ties and and playing the game, uh, giving the giving the game its due. You know, it's, it's yeah. You, you can go to the pub and play eight ball and and that sort of thing, but this game of snooker, is, you know, people put it down to it goes further back than prostitution. You know, it's an old game. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just been around for decades, decades, and decades, and throughout that time, it's still held its. I don't know, yeah. prestige, I suppose, you know, right up till now when you see the big players in, in England like like O'Sullivan and mm. Trump and, yeah. you know, all those big guys, they they, they still hold the, guy, the game in high regard. So so that's what the Masters is, really, yeah. holding the game in high regard. The, who do you model your game off? Are you the, are you the Alex Higgins? You know, because you used to watch Pop Black. I used to watch that myself on TV. It was fantastic back in the day. Are you, yeah. are you Alex Higgins? Are you Ronnie O'Sullivan? Which of the old boys? You know, you have the cigarette out the side oh. of the mouth. How, how do you? How, what do you look like when you play? You got a bow? Yeah. You got a bow tie on? <laughs> oh, mate, bow tie. I got the pin suit and bloody, you know, I'm all, I'm all done up to the nines, you know, when I played that. But that, you know, I, I, I could walk out of there straight into a wedding. I wouldn't, even, wouldn't even miss a beat. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> you know, but uh, Christ, I, I'd say that Stephen Henry was my biggest. Uh, oh, he could play. You know, we, we were sort of, sort of the same age growing up, you know, and I was just watching him when he was a young fellow, you know. You know and um, yeah, just a beautiful player to watch him. Yeah, well, you can see seven-time world champion, but he's done, done it all and now commentating. So, yeah, it yeah. was great to watch. Awesome, mate. You're an absolute yeah. crack-up, Tom. Hey, just quickly before we let you awesome. go, what's next for you? What's next for you? 
Um, yeah, I just you know I'm just enjoying the game, and uh, now that I've, I've, I've uh, sort of snatched one out of the ear, and you know <laughs> I'll, I'll go for it again. You know, practice, 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 yeah. and uh, yeah, sort of sort of drive to go forward from there. But uh, I really do appreciate you guys taking the time and giving the game a bit of light, and you know it's one of those things where snooker is really not big in the far north, but uh, yeah. Good to see that it's there's one up here that plays it and and uh, don't mind getting dressed up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All my, all, all my, I've got about eight, there's about yeah, there's about eight of us that play up here at the RSA in Kaitar and it was only me who wanted to go down and get dressed up. So <laughs> I'll come join you, mate. Next time I'm yeah. up there, I'll come and join you, Tom, oh, and bring wicked, my, bring my yeah. cue out. <laughs> wicked, wicked, bro. Come to RSA Mud and we'll bloody, you know, they got the, oh, I want to say, privileges that are quite cheap, but. <laughs> nah, all good, brother. All good. <laughs> Cheers, awesome. Tom, mate. Nah, not, Appreciate not it. Meeting. Congratulations. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Oh, what a yeah. champion. <laughs> Tom Adams. There you go. You got an invitation to the to the Kai Tai RSA there, Kempi. Cheap drinks. Cheap drinks. Cheap drinks. Hey, I could put you oh, in. I love it. I'll put a, a pink, I'll put a pink suit on. <laughs> Lee, you'd go over to that pool table. You'll feel what your two dollar coin, and you just leave it there with your guns hanging out. You'd be like that. And you're like, I'm next. I'll write my I'll write <laughs> well, my name God, on hey. that chalk. I'll write my name on that chalkboard only once, is he? No, oh, boys. <laughs> Tom is an absolute iconic New Zealander. Hey, well found, Neeps. That's a great story, brother. Yeah, well, great well, well done. Okay, we'll be back. We'll catch up with Smithy. Wrap up the show after that. Hope you enjoyed that. Tom Adams, the Carmo Northlands Master Snooker Champion. How good is that? But local New Zealand, Tom Adams getting some love on the text machine. Yeah, awesome to mix it up as well. And Tonga leading Papua New Guinea 18-12 in the game of the World Cup. So far, Smithy, Rugby League World Cup, Kiwis one from one. Still love, still feeling the other, the other team to beat? Um, look, I never write off Australia. You just cannot write off Australia. And I was very impressed with England's first hit out as well. I think it's down to three. Um, uh, I'd like to think that uh, Tonga uh, would be absolutely part of it, the, the top four. Not quite sure just yet. They've uh, got a fight on their hands this morning. But, hey, look, uh, the Kiwis have uh, been tipped a long way out, a long way out, and I just hope they don't disappoint. Beautiful, beautiful, Smithy. What do you got for today, mate? Well, we've gone uh, quite wide with the net today, uh, Izzy. We've got uh, baseball, we've got softball. Uh, you know, the softball world champs are just five weeks away. Um, so we're going to talk to Mark nice. Sorensen, who is New Zealand softball. Let's not forget about that. Uh, we'll talk to him. Uh, we're also going to uh, cover the NBA, which starts tomorrow, uh, and uh, a bit of EPL, which is going to be a massive week of uh, e- EPL uh, over the, the next uh, three to four days. Game's on at the moment. Uh, Wolves leading Crystal Palace 1-0. So uh, we'll talk to Ricardo. Who else would you want to talk about uh, that? So we've got massive amount of stuff on this morning. Uh, to get through is beautiful, beautiful mate. Big show for you, Smithy. Appreciate it, uh, and appreciate everyone coming through. I got a message here from Joey. Is he? He had thirteen at golf the other day. Don't worry, I had a twenty-eight on hole one, and still didn't finish last. Club champs. It's only golf? Question mark? Question mark? Yes, it's only golf. And today I'm going to give it a rest, and I'm going to do do some handiwork. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow to rip into another day. Appreciate it. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. 
Tricks, the world's number one decking brand.